Welcome to the old school meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, which features speakers with long-term abstinence. This meeting was born online, and it's going to stay that way. That means you can attend live on Tuesday evenings at 6.30 Pacific if you'd like to. Go to the Los Angeles Intergroup's webpage at oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. It is now time for me to share uh, what I was like, what happened, and what I'm like now. And um, thank you again uh, for asking me to share at this meeting. Wow, there's quite a bit of people here on the Zoom. I suddenly got nervous. Hello, um, my name is Tasneem, and I'm a compulsive uh, overeater, and um, and I'm a compulsive eater as well. Over under just compulsive eater in general. Um, and hello to um, those listening. Uh, we're glad you're all here and tuned in. And um, we're tapped in, tuned in and turned on. Thank you for being here. And um, just a, a, taking a moment, I know we're we're recording, so I'm just going to take a moment for God and the um, the power of of having a higher power here in twelve step, and then I'll get into um, my talk. I usually do a minute, but for the sake of those listening, I I want to keep keep it moving. Um, let's see. I'm so grateful to be at a, a meeting of of Overeaters Anonymous, and I feel really um, lucky to be here with you today and I don't know what's calling me to say this but you know you know in AA you know it's like this substance abuse thing where it's like you know you could die you know you could die if you didn't come to 12 step but the truth is you know when I when I crawled into Overeaters Anonymous I was dying I was dying for my whole life. I had been dying. I was I was a sugar addict when I came in. I was a compulsive eater when I came in. I was also I'm also a um uh, uh in a bunch of other 12 step programs and I suffer from other uh addictions. And so I was dying from those, but I was really, you know, this is a disease that will that is out out for for blood for me. You know, it's out for blood. And and at the end of the day, there's so many things that um, there are so many ways that this disease can kind of really, I think of this disease, it's sort of dating me, but I think of this disease like that whole, like that, I think it was that Nancy Kerrigan fiasco in the 80s or 90s. I think of this disease as all of a sudden you're skating along or walking along, you know, comes that somebody, you know, that baton in the knee, you know, and you're out, you're down for the count. And um, that's how this disease was for me. It was, it's so cunning and baffling and powerful. And it comes at, you know, right when you least expect it. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm in a binge, a crazy sugar, and I have to have it. You know, I'm sometimes I, I tell my my friends, <laughs> I'm so grateful I don't eat sugar because, you know, if I have, you know, 
for me, it's like one bud of sugar, you know, to shut the neighborhood down. I'm in every single corner store, you know, trying to get the sugar from every grocery store, every, you know, uh, uh, whatever corner store that's there, every food store. I mean, it's just a nightmare. It would be a nightmare for my entire neighborhood eating sugar. And so my abstinence is no binging, no perching, no laxative, no sugar. I got absent on June 1st, 2012. I've been in OA for uh, 10 years and I've been abstinent for 10 years. I got, I was struck abstinent. It's not everyone's story, but it's mine. And I'm grateful. I walked into the rooms of Full Eaters and Odds and I heard people talking about them not eating, you know, when they first came in, them not eating sugar. And this one one guy, he was like, you know, I haven't, when I first got absent and I first stopped eating sugar, I stopped eating ketchup. And I was like, ketchup? What the, what's wrong with ketchup? You know, uh, there's sugar in ketchup. Uh, I learned that one pr- pretty, pretty quickly when I came in. But, you know, that's just a funny anecdote to, to tell you about. But I sat in the back of Overeaters Anonymous for, for the first six to nine months that I was in here. And I cried. And I cried and I cried and I cried because I had been eating sugar all my life. And at that point, I was actually um, almost uh, almost four years uh, sober. But I hadn't been drinking alcohol or, or using drugs or substances all my life. This was a withdrawal that I wasn't spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically prepared for. I wasn't, I was struck abstinent. Yes, it was wonderful. And I already had some sort of higher power. I had developed some sort of spirituality. So I was prepared to come in and let go things, but I wasn't, I wasn't prepared to let go of that sugar the way it had a chokehold on me. And when I let it go, it was almost, you know, worse than any drug or substance abuse for me, it was also an awakening to a lot of family stuff, in particular, my mother, a lot of mother stuff. I didn't know that that would sort of awaken in me. I didn't know letting go of sugar would awaken in me some sort of like almost art like ancient familial generational traumatic thing that happened to me. And I spent that first year of abstinence really uncovering, discovering, discarding those things. But there I tell you, if you're new, I want to welcome you to OA. Listen to my story, learn from my story or don't learn from my story, but understand that I don't recommend what I'm about to say. And what I'm about to say, I feel is very profound and it's helping people, but it's also something I wouldn't do if I had the choice to do it again. And I haven't, I, 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 I came into OA and I started immediately. I got a sponsor and I was sending her my food every day and calling her and letting her know. And I, I was trying to apply my spirituality, everything. And I was getting into the big book because I'd already gotten into it and I was reading it. But what I didn't do it it's it's hard it's hard for me to say because i feel like you know you get what you get but for so many years i felt like such a fraud but what i didn't do was i didn't work the steps in a way i just use a way like i just used the tools that i wanted to use it was like i wasn't ready 
in my life spiritually, and I'm getting emotional. I wasn't ready to look at this stuff. I was looking at so much other stuff in other programs. I, I, I just couldn't look at it. And I was staying abstinent. And now maybe I'm I'm thinking about it like, oh gosh, was I white knuckling it? Maybe, maybe, maybe it was just God giving me that, that proverbial OA skateboard that I like to think about, that I was just coasting along, you know, kick push, you know, kick push. I was just going and I was happy and that people asked me to share and I would, and I would talk about you know, nourishing myself and learning how to eat three meals a day, no snacks. And, you know, when I felt like under eating or restricting, I would say, you know what? No, I'm I'm committing to nourishing my body and being healthy. And I stopped running like a maniac. I ran like a maniac all throughout college and in my uh, 20s. And while when I got sober, I I would run probably about half a marathon to a marathon a week. That's really hard on the body, but I would run so that I could eat. And I grew up and I just was so addicted to food and sugar. I used it. I, I would I would use it like alcoholics use alcohol. And what I would do is I would lie, I would cheat, and I would steal. You know, in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, there is a part where Bill Wilson explains that he began to steal from his wife's slender purse. And you can um, quote me on that. That's what it says in a big book. I don't know where exactly it says that, but it says that. And I did the same thing, I, except I stole from my mother's slender purse. And I would steal so that I could get candy and food after school. And I would do that. And it was a way in which I would feel safe. And I started to gain weight as a young kid. And by the time I was in high school, I was probably a little uh, over 200 pounds in high school. And, you know, I think back now and being in high school, it was a difficult time, I think, for anybody. Even if you're super popular, I don't care who you are in high school. It's a time where we're growing and changing and hormonal and trying to be cool and fit in. And I was like a real nerd. I had really big hair and glasses and braces. And I played saxophone in the marching band. I mean, I I was a vision for you, but I was also not a vision for you. And I just wanted to fit in, but I was just... I just, I want, you know, now I see through the, I've started to work the steps in year 10, in year 10 in OA, I've worked the steps and I'm just finishing step four. And oh my goodness, I'm beaming with joy because I have to tell you, I'm starting to see that when the, the real crux of my compulsive overeating was that I just wanted to be seen. I wanted someone to see me. But I I couldn't say see me. So I just kept eating. So you couldn't miss me. You'd have to see me. You would have to see me. But I, I didn't know how to just be. I didn't know how to be in my body. This I'm getting at what OA has taught me. I didn't know how to be in my body. I didn't know how to be with you and your body. I didn't know how to not hate my body. 
I didn't know how to accept whatever my body was, whatever was going on. And I didn't know how to accept my family and their body and their traditions and their bodies and their traditions and their ways of being, you know, and I also grew up in a culture where, you know, and in, in a lot of cultures, this just isn't my culture. I'm not, I don't own, I don't own this, but like, you know, I grew up in a culture where, where feeding people is part of like love. You know, it's part of like, hey, I made this for you, or I want to, you know, I want to, will, will you eat this, eat this, eat this, eat this, eat this. I mean, over and over again, it's kind of, you know, it's it, at some point it becomes almost too much, you know, but I didn't even know how to say yes or say no or be full or be not full. Like I couldn't even, I couldn't even like, feel, I was just a numb person. I walked through life numb, numb from food, numb from substances, numb from just being numb. And when I came into Overeaters Anonymous, things started to fall off just using the tools. I wasn't even working the steps for a decade, but just using the tools, connecting with fellows, praying, meditating, under, you know, talking to God when I was hungry or not hungry or asking. This was a big one that has followed me through and through the entire time of, of the, I've been in LA. When Tansy, I am, um, five minutes. Oh, thank you, Jonna. I, re, uh, I and hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly and sorry about that for the people listening. Yeah. Thanks for your service. I learned how to talk to God when it came to what was on my plate, what was going in my body. And that is something that I never knew how to do or was ever possible before. Why would you talk to God about eating? Well, if you're a compulsive overeater or a compulsive eater, an anorexic, a bulimic, a somebody who has food issues, it comes in handy, I'll tell you. And if you knew, I want to welcome you. Talking to God has been one of the greatest, greatest things that I've gotten from OA. I mean, thank God for those women in LA who decided in the beginning, I think Roseanne was the one who decided, is that who it was? She decided in the beginning, well, I'm going to do this thing. If it's going to work for the gamblers and the drunks, it's going to work for us. And it did. And she did it. And she started it out of her freaking living room. How amazing. And now I get to talk to you and say, I know how to talk to God when it comes to nourishing my body. I'm finally ready to work the steps and look at the reason reasons about why I feel so uncomfortable in my body that the only solution for me was to, to eat. The only solution was for, for me is to keep eating. Today, you know, during COVID, it was so funny. I would go into the kitchen because it, it, things I started doing things in COVID that I'd never done before. And one of them was going into the kitchen after nine or 10 o'clock. And it was when I learned, oh, I can talk to God. God, I'm in the kitchen. I, I don't know how I got here. Um, I need your help. I don't want to eat anything. 
will you help me? The kitchen door closed, the cupboards closed. I exited the kitchen and I brushed my teeth and went to bed. I didn't do that. That was God. That is, was given to me by the 12 steps. That is given to me by Overeaters Anonymous. That is given to me by my sponsor today who's taking me through the steps. I don't want to use food anymore. The, 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 is it perfect? Am I perfect? No. I'm not perfect. I'm not, I don't have some perfect program. I'm not, I don't have some, like, I don't know, whatever I think the perfect, I mean, I don't, nothing's perfect. But my sponsor points out to me, this is not about perfection. And for for 10 years, before I started working the steps, I was like, oh, I'm going to work away. And then I'm going to be a person who can eat perfectly and nourish my body perfectly and exercise the perfect amount and do the perfect amount of yoga and cardio and this and that. And I'm going to start swimming and I'm going to be perfect. Spoiler alert. There is no perfection when it comes to nourishing our bodies. And as I age, oh my goodness, this is a big one. Our bodies change? What? Well, you're telling me my body's going to change and it's not going to, I'm not going to stay exactly the same for one minute. Oh, thank you. I'm not going to stay exactly the same. I, I'm, I'm, forget it. I'm, no. Forget it. I'm going to break my absence. What are you doing? This doesn't work. My body changes. Get out of here. These are the things, these simple things. I don't know them. I need guidance. I need guidance from a sponsor. I need guidance from God. I need guidance from the meetings. I need guidance from literature. I need guidance from the steps on how to met, like how to like just be how to be in my body, how to be, how to eat. I, I don't know without God and without these steps. And I don't know. I'm, I'm so very nervous, but I hope I've said something that helps somebody along the way and something that you can take from and, and even feel, I'm, I'm so excited to hear what you have to say. And I didn't talk a lot about like my childhood or my, or my journey, but you know, my childhood is is a is a big part of this disease and um, the trauma that I experienced then. But I get to grow up and and work it out here. And I'll wrap up because my because it's my time. But goodness, am I really looking forward to hearing what you have to say? And I hope I've said something um, that you can benefit from. And again, I'd like to thank uh, Beverly for asking me to share today. And I'd like to thank the fellows of OA and, and God for, for helping me along. And um, thank you so much. Wow. I didn't think I'd get so much out of it. That's the deal, friends. Thank you.